You're listening to the I Hate Numbers podcast with Mahmood Reza. The I Hate Numbers podcast mission is to help your business survive and thrive by you better understanding and connecting with your numbers. Number loving care is what it's about. Tune in every week. Now here's your host, Mahmood Reza. VAT and your business in a post-Brexit world. What does it look like? How is it going to change? So come the 1st of January 2021, when the UK and Brexit are one and the same, what is going to change with VAT? Hi folks, welcome to episode 42 of I Hate Numbers, the show that has its mission to improve your money mindset, help your business make more money, cut through the noise and complexity of the rules and regulations, save tax and create more time for your business. This week's topic is on the VAT landscape and your business come 1st of January 2021, 47 years after the UK joined the European community. There are five things I want to cover in this podcast. One, to present an overview of VAT. Will it be abolished post the 31st of December 2020? As a heads up, the short answer is no. Secondly, the VAT treatment of goods and services with the EU, the VAT treatment when it comes to selling digital products. So when it comes to having downloads, if you're selling advertising spaces, selling services into the EU, how does VAT affect your business? How we deal with that, the actual mechanics, something called MOS scheme, which I'm going to introduce to you. And lastly, the next steps that we need to do to get prepared for when that eventuality happens on the 1st of January 2021. The first issue I want to address is just the general overview of how VAT is going to change come the 1st of January 2021 and also whether VAT is likely to be abolished. Now I raise that question as to whether VAT is likely to be abolished because VAT was introduced into the UK when we joined the EU on the 1st of January 1973. Fundamentally, the UK has the right, has the ability to abolish VAT. The likelihood of that actually happening is anything between zero and zero. Critically, the reason is VAT is a major tax revenue source for the United Kingdom. It raises approximately £137 billion, certainly for 1920. It accounts for a fifth of the total UK tax receipts. And in common with the rest of the world, there are at least 166 countries in the world that have VAT as a system. That number is growing. And around the world, it accounts for a fifth of government's tax revenue. It's a very efficient system in the sense that businesses that are registered for VAT fundamentally play the part of unpaid tax collectors and administrators of the system. And also, the UK government has asserted it will maintain VAT as a system. Having said that, what we've got to do to set in frame is that once the UK leaves the EU, at the risk of stating the obvious, it will no longer be an EU country. So in VAT terms, with your VAT goggles on, countries outside the United Kingdom, that's England, Scotland and Wales, Northern Ireland has its own special trading status, will be considered the rest of the world. The good news is, fundamentally, the principles of VAT will largely remain the same. There will certainly be some change in systems, procedures and paperwork that one needs to generate. But fundamentally, the treatment where the tax is added to goods and services that you supply, if you're VAT registered, will fundamentally stay the same. 
The next area I want to tackle to look at is the VAT treatment of goods and services between the UK and the EU. There are two things to take into account here. Number one, what is it that your business actually sells? Is it goods or is it services or is it a combo? The second consideration is the type of customers that you have. I don't mean in terms of their behavior. I don't mean in terms of how they interact with your business, but are they businesses or are they consumers? Or is it a combination of the two? Let's look at those two items first in terms of goods and services. Now, goods take their natural meaning. These are physical and tangible. You can see them and you can touch them. Obviously, if they're light goods, you can pick them up. If it's heavy machinery, you can't. So they have their physicality behind them. So things like food, drink, clothes, machinery and equipment would all be classified as goods. Services, on the other hand, are non-physical and intangible. This would cover typically software, legal services, telecommunication, TV, radio broadcasting and digital services. This could be you running a training company and it could be the services you provide either live or by nature of downloads, whether they're PDFs or videos. Having established whether your business is selling goods or services or a combo, having then established whether you're selling B2B, as it might be called, or B2C, we can then look at the VAT treatment accordingly. Now, in terms of VAT, by the way, a business does not necessarily have to be VAT registered, but it needs to be able to be identified as a business in its own right. So obviously a VAT number is a bit of a smoking gun. That's a good identifier. Tax references, company registration numbers can also count. When it comes to the VAT treatment of goods, again, we need to consider two issues. Number one, whether they're going into the EU or whether they're coming from the EU. Post-Brexit, goods that arrive into the UK from the EU, and there are 27 countries that make up the EU once the UK leaves on the 31st of December 2020, will be classified as imports. VAT, duties, customs declarations, forms and procedures will apply to all those goods arriving from one of those 27 countries. Pre the 1st of January 2020, when Brexit arrives, they were known as interest EU acquisitions and documentation wasn't required. They would not have been classified as imports. Now, any VAT that's due on the imports will not have to be paid immediately which is good news as far as your cash flow is concerned. There will be a scheme called the VAT Postponement Scheme and the VAT that's due on those imports will be declared and payable when you complete your VAT return. However, if you have a premise outside of the UK where you store inventory in the EU, then EU VAT will apply and you have to register for VAT in that country. There are no minimum VAT thresholds, by the way, so again, if you store goods, whatever the value of those goods are in any of the EU countries, you must register separately in each member state. When goods come in at £135 or below, the seller, the vendor or the postal service will have to declare those imports and that will be payable via a new quarterly regime. Also, once registered, you will have to comply with what's called the distance selling rules. We made reference to that in last week's blog. I'll mention that again in the show notes. But distance selling rules apply where you're selling goods to consumers. Now, let's have a look at the flow of goods leaving the UK to go into one of the 27 EU states. 
they will be classified as exports. They will be treated as we currently do for goods going outside of the EU and they will be outside of the scope of UK VAT. Now that's good news. It means you don't have to charge any VAT, you don't declare any VAT, but you must still recall the value of those sales on your VAT return. As a heads up, if your business is not currently VAT registered, then you must include these sales when you decide whether you're meeting a threshold for VAT registration. As a heads up, that magic number is £85,000 on a rolling 12-month basis. So let's recap. We've given an overview about VAT. Will it still exist after Brexit? Short answer, yes. We've talked about goods. We've differentiated between goods and services. And we've looked at the VAT treatment of the importation of goods from the EU. They'll be known as imports. Duties, customs declarations, procedures will apply. Any VAT due on those imports will be declared when you do your VAT return. So you don't have to pay them when they land in the UK. We've talked about goods leaving the UK. They'll be known as exports outside of the scope of VAT. You still have to record the value of the sales in your VAT return, but there is no VAT to pay. Now let's talk about services now. When it comes to services, it's slightly more challenging and slightly more complicated when we deal with services. And what we need to consider is something that's called the place of supply rules. Now, the reason we need these sets of rules here, because that determines which party to the transaction takes care of paying the VAT and declaring the VAT. I'm going to give you the overview of what's called the general rule. And like all things in life that are tax related, there are always exceptions. Now, the place of supply for B2B services is based on where your customer belongs. So if I provide services from the UK to a business based in France, that's a B2B transaction. And the responsibility for accounting for the VAT falls on my French customer. Typically, they apply something called the reverse charge procedure. They have to account for the VAT at the local rate. And typically, they also claim it back. So it's cash neutral, but effectively They have to declare what's called the output VAT on that transaction at the local rate on their VAT return, deduct the appropriate amount, which is the same figure. There's no cash that changes hands, but that's how it's accounted for. Bear in mind, by the way, it goes the other way around. So if you receive services from an overseas supplier, you will abide by reverse charge as well. Now, when it comes to B2C, that's where you're selling to a consumer, the default position, the general position, is where your business belongs. So if you're a UK business supplying services to, say, a German customer, that's an individual, then the VAT by default is based on where you're located in the UK and you charge 20% VAT accordingly. However, there's a slight difference here and there are a number of exceptions, approximately 15 exceptions. Typically, the main exceptions cover things like physical property, like land, telecommunications, broadcasting, admissions to certain sporting and educational and cultural events. And for the one that's of particular relevance to us is the provision of electronic or digital products and services. In that case, it's based on where your customer is located. Now, if you only sell B2B digital products in the EU and digital products are as they imply, So this could be downloads of a book that you're selling. It can be downloads of a training product. 
It could be providing advertising services. It could be providing hosting space. If it's B2B, there is no minimum registration threshold for VAT when you're selling B2C, and you must charge VAT at the appropriate rate in that country. So let's recap. When you sell B2B digital products in the EU, the good thing is there's no need to register for EU VAT. When you're selling B2C, however, that situation changes and you must charge VAT at the appropriate rate due in that EU country. And within the 27 countries that make up the EU, once the UK leaves, there are also varying rates of VAT that apply. The massive change post-Brexit will be If you even sell one individual digital product in Europe, B2C, then you need to register and get yourself a VAT number. So for example, if I sold digital downloads of I Hate Numbers and someone in France bought a copy, then I need to charge them French VAT. Now this could be a potential challenge and a problem. And I've got two options to how to deal with that accounting. So if I'm selling B2C to EU, the two options are, firstly, I register in each country where I make a sale of a digital product. Now remember, even if you only sell one product and that's it, you still have an obligation to register. If you sell across a multitude of countries, then you must register in each one. That's certainly option number one. Now, if you're not multilingual, if you haven't got the capacity or the resources to do that, and there's no logic for doing that, then obviously that's gonna be quite challenging to put it mildly. There is an alternative, and it's something that's called the MOSS scheme. Now, the MOS scheme stands for Mini One-Stop Shop. And in general terms, you register post-Brexit with one designated EU country. You submit your return to that one individual country, detailing the VAT that you charged on each of the sales. That EU representative country that you've registered with then will distribute the VAT to the respective countries. They will take care of the return, and therefore that saves a lot of administration and a lot of pain. The last thing I want to talk about when it comes to MOSS, your business may already be in what's called the MOSS scheme. On the 1st of January 2021, if you are already operating the MOSS scheme, the scheme will no longer apply to sales into Europe. And you must do a fresh registration called a non-union MOSS scheme. If you've not done it before, then you've got to register for the first time. If you are currently registered for the UK's VAT MOSS scheme, then the period ending December 2020 is the last time you can use it for B2C EU sales. Only sales made up to and including the 31st of December 2020 can be included, and you must submit that return by the 20th of January 21. The last thing I want to deal with now is what MOSFAT will be in a post-Brexit world. Now, as I referred to earlier on, the MOS scheme is fantastic in a sense of allowing non-established service suppliers to file one single return detailing which EU state you've sold your digital products to, but you only submit the return to one member state. You as a business must choose a designated member. There will be a question about which of the 27 states that you use. For most UK businesses, then it's likely going to be influenced by the language of choice. So typically, if you're an English-speaking country, then Ireland is likely to be your preferred choice. Also, factors such as the ease of use of the VAT portal they will set up, the actual compliance, the economic state of the country. If it's a country that's very developed and very economically stable, then it's likely to be spending more resources on maintaining that VAT portal. 
if you happen to be French-speaking country, then obviously the French MOS system may be the one that you choose. Last couple of things to mention. You cannot register for VATMOS, unfortunately, in an EU member state before the 1st of January 2021. European Commission website, which I'm going to add in the show notes at the end, will give you a list. The last thing I'm going to wrap up now, let's just conclude. We talked about what VAT is, how it applies. We talked about the VAT treatment of goods and services into and outside of Europe. We talked about the VAT treatment of services in and out of Europe. We talked about the sale of digital products, which I believe will apply to lots more businesses these days that have digital products. So even if it's a single download, it counts. And there is no minimum threshold limit, by the way. If you sell one product into any of the EU countries, you must either register in each individual country or you set up what's called a non-union MOS registration. If you look at the uh, link in the show notes, there's a link to a follow-up seminar webinar. Take your pick as to which one it will be that I will be presenting next week. For those listeners of the podcast, if you distribute, you can share it with your friends and family, then enter in the appropriate discount code and there will be a reduction of to my loyal listeners. So folks, hope you got some value out of this podcast. Key thing is, is to act sooner rather than later. Don't delay. Read the show notes, get some more information. Hope you love the podcast and I'd love it if you could subscribe and share that with your friends, colleagues accordingly. Until then... I'll see you at the same time next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode and appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. We hope you got some value. If you did, then we'd love it if you shared the episode. We look forward to you joining us next week for another I Hate Numbers episode. Listener.